Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I was walking down Life's Highway a long time ago. One day I saw a sign that read, Heaven's Grocery Store. As I got a little closer, the door came open wide, and when I came to myself, I was standing inside. I saw a host of angels. They were standing everywhere. One handed me a basket and said, My child shot with care. Everything a Christian needed was in that grocery store, and all you couldn't carry, you could come back the next day for more. First, I got some patience. Love was in the same row. Further down was understanding. You need that, that everywhere you go. I got a box or two of wisdom, a bag or two of faith. I just couldn't miss the Holy Spirit, for he was all over the place. I stopped to get some strength and courage to help me run the race. But then my basket was getting full, but I remembered I needed some grace. I didn't forget salvation, for salvation, that was free. So I tried to get enough of that to save both you and me. And then I started up the counter to pay my grocery bill, for I thought I had everything to do my master's will. As I went up the aisle, I saw prayer and just had to put that in, for I knew when I stepped outside, I'd run right into sin. Peace and joy were plenty. They were last on the shelf. Song and praise were hanging near, so I just helped myself. And then I said to the angel, now how much do I owe? And he smiled and said, just take them everywhere you go. And again, I smiled and said, how much do I really owe? And he smiled again and said, my child, Jesus paid your bill a long time ago. Don't you love that? Love that. And I, oh, you guys know I'm a collector of useless information. And... I remember it was Okinawa, Japan. You know, I got saved in Oceanside, California. Um, about a week or two later, I found myself in, o- in Okinawa, Japan uh, with the 3rd uh, Marine Division. And um, I remember this, this, this guy had given me uh, a Bible. Uh, it was really my first Bible. And it was a hardback Bible. And in the Bible, he had taken this poem and he had cut it out and he uh, pasted it or taped it uh, to the back uh, cover. And uh, I still have that Bible. I don't know. Do you have your first Bible? I still have that Bible and, and all the notes that I took. And, and every time I read this, uh, I think of uh, that time when I was in Okinawa, Japan, and, and all that God did there and um, how I used to share the gospel everywhere I went. And 
are good memories. And if you've been with us in chapter 14, you know that we are in the upper room with the disciples. It's the Passover. It's the night of the Last Supper. It's the night before Jesus is arrested and sentenced to die. Chapter 13 and 14 takes us into the intimate thoughts of Jesus before the crucifixion. If you were with us, you'd know that Jesus told his disciples that he was going to leave. And the disciples are troubled and they're confused and they don't understand why Jesus is going to die if he's really the Messiah. They don't understand how Judas could betray Jesus. They don't understand how Peter could deny him. And in the midst of their confusion and lack of understanding, Jesus told them that he's going to leave and they can't come with him now. Now, it's with that backdrop that Jesus seeks to comfort the disciples. And if you were with us last week, I gave you uh, three comforting revelations that Jesus gave them. Number one, the revelation of his person, that he is God, remember? And then secondly, the revelation of his power, that they would do greater works than Jesus. And then finally, the revelation of his promise, whatever they ask in Jesus' name, he would give them. We talked about that last week, and I do think that it's worth uh, a minute to uh, reiterate what it means to ask in prayer in Jesus' name. What does that mean? And we talked about when you ask in Jesus' name, you're asking for what is in the nature of Jesus. Somebody say amen. You're asking for what's in the character of Jesus what is consistent with his will. You're praying in full identification with Jesus. You're asking for what is in harmony with his will. And it's those prayers that please God. And it's those prayers that will be answered. Yes, if you missed that teaching, you might want to stop by the bookstore and uh, pick it up. All of these things are comforting. And as if that wasn't comforting enough that we talked about last week, Jesus continues to comfort them by giving them five, got a pen, five spiritual or supernatural promises or blessings. Five supernatural promises or blessings. This is what we're going to talk about today. Number one, he promises a supernatural helper. And we're going to find that in verses 15 through 17. He promises a supernatural helper. And then number two, He promises a supernatural life. We'll find that in verse 18 through 19. Verse 18 and 19. And number three, he promises a supernatural union in verses 20 through 24, that they'll be one with Jesus, a supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union. Number four, he promises a supernatural teacher in verses 25 through 26. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will be the resident truth teacher. And number five, finally, he promises a supernatural peace in verse 27. A supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, and a supernatural peace. I like that. Y'all come on, read it with me. He promises a supernatural helper. It's on the screen. I need y'all. Come on. He promises a supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, and a supernatural peace. I've titled this sermon, The Comforter. And listen, we're going to probably get to, uh, in our outline, one or two of them 
uh, this morning. I don't know. So that's why I titled the sermon, The Comforter, uh, Part 1. So next week, it'll be Part 2. The following week after that, Part 3. I don't know. So it's safe to do The Comforter, Part 1. John chapter 14, saints, we pick up in verse 15, and let's read through verse 27, and then we'll come back and have some comments. How about that? Luke chapter 14, we pick up in verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, say, I'm looking at it. If you love me, Jesus said, do what, saints? Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, or I will request of the Father, and he will give you another helper, underline that, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells, underline this, with you, and will be, underline this, in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, verse 19, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you'll live also. And that day you'll know that I am in the Father, in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And he who has my commandment and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father also, and I will love him. And manifest myself to him. And Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word. It doesn't get more simple than that, y'all. He who does not love me does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but it's the Father's who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the helper is who? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention, if you will. Jesus is giving the disciples promises and blessings. And notice who these promises and blessings are for. The promises and blessings are for those who love Jesus. Look at verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus is talking to all those who love him. The key to qualifying for these supernatural blessings is love for Jesus. Listen, your love for Jesus is evident by obedience. Your love for Jesus, let me say that again. Your love for Jesus is evident by your obedience, by keeping his commandments. Only believers, only lovers of Jesus who are marked out by their obedience will receive the promised blessings. 
And if you say you love Jesus, the only real test of that love is obedience. It's not lip service. It's not worship service. It's not song service. It's not tithe service. Say amen. It's not tithe service. God wants your heart. And you should keep your tithe. And you ain't going to hear that on TV, are you? Uh Uh-huh. I'm finna preach. Stay where you are. You ain't going to hear that on TV. Keep your wallet. Keep your tithe. If God doesn't have your heart, he doesn't want your money. But here's how it works. But here's how it works. If God has your heart, he'll have your checkbook. God wants your heart. The test of obedience, the true test of obedience is not what you give. It's in obedience. It's in giving God your heart. The only single New Testament test for love is obedience. I think of 1 Samuel 15, 22. Write it down. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better. Anybody know? Then sacrifice and to heed than the fat of the rams. Samuel says, God doesn't want your presence. He wants your obedience. He doesn't want your presence, your stuff. Huh? He doesn't want your stuff. He wants your obedience. He doesn't want your wallet. He wants your obedience. He doesn't want your giftedness. He wants your obedience. He doesn't want the fact that you can sing. You can sing. He wants your obedience. Or you can really play, man. You can play that instrument. You can really, really get down. He wants your obedience. God wants your obedience. He wants your heart. And the only true test that you really love God is your obedience to his word. Well, after Jesus makes it clear who receives the blessings and the promises, look at verse 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father. Are you looking at verse 16? I will pray the Father and he will give you what? Another helper. Now, this might not sound like much to us, but to the disciples, this was the best news ever. Keep in mind, Jesus is talking about going away and he's leaving them in a world that hated him and a world that hates them. He's leaving them on the brink of total disaster, and so they feel Jesus is leaving, and we don't know where our help comes from. Side note, I'm so glad I know where my help comes from. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. You should be. The Bible tells us, Psalm 121, memory verse, verse 1 and 2, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Oh, some saint, help me out. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I know where my help comes from. Well, they didn't know where their help was coming from. Jesus said in verse 16, I'm leaving, but I'm going to request the Father that he give you. Saints, circle this word, underline it, remember it, another helper that he may abide with you forever. Point number one, Jesus is promising the supernatural helper. Of course, we just said, just mentioned, who is the supernatural helper? The Holy Spirit. Chapter 14, 15, and 16. 
is Jesus' main teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit. So listen, if you're talking to someone and you want to know something about the Holy Spirit or you want to share with them something about the Holy Spirit, you're going to find it in chapter 14, 15, and 16 of John's Gospel. That is where you're going to find it because this is Jesus' main teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit. And do I need to tell you the subject of the Holy Spirit is probably one of the most controversial subjects in all of Scripture? There's so much confusion and division in the church concerning the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that entire churches split over this topic, over their understanding of the Holy Spirit? People are at extremes concerning the Holy Spirit on one side of the church, and they call themselves largely Pentecostal. They, the moving of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to them, are for today. And they should operate in the church in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. And many times this causes the abuse of those gifts. And many times this causes ministries. Are you listening? And many times this causes ministries to, to, to have an emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit, on the moving of the Holy Spirit, on the power of the Holy Spirit. I think of people like Peter Popoff. Y'all remember him? Huh? Uh, I think of Robert Tilton. Y'all remember him? Uh, emphasis, their ministry, the emphasis was on yeah, Benny Hinn. I remember some years ago he wrote a really big best-selling book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And of course now I, I think it's a wonderful thing. Benny Hinn seems to have balanced out a bit in these last days. And don't get me, I'm happy for him. I think that's a blessing, but there was one time in this ministry where the whole ministry emphasis was on the Holy Spirit and on, you know, people being healed, and they have healing crusades. Y'all look at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, huh? And they have healing crusades, and people, you know, they call out somebody, they come up in the wheelchair, and they snatch that wheelchair from under them. Give me that thing. You don't need that. Throw that wheelchair over. You be healed, in Jesus' name, now walk. They get up. I said walk. Don't get me wrong. I do believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I do believe in miracles. But I just, thank you three people. I'm just not so sure they happen when the lights come on and when the cameras come on. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the miracles, but, 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 but we sensationalize them. Am I right about it? We, we sensationalize them. Before you know it, people come on stage and waving coats and stuff like at people. And you know, they, because they wave their coat, they're healed. And that causes the world to, to look at the church and to laugh at the church and, and people even in the church that they don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because they don't understand him. So they don't want anything to do. So they swing to the other side and they say, well, the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. These people call themselves cessationists. Cessationists. That means that they hold the position that the Holy Spirit and the power and the miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased. Write it down. Have ceased. Sensationists. They don't believe that they're of any use in the church 
anymore today. They've ceased. No miracles, no tongues, no gifts of the Spirit. And still others say that some of the gifts are for the day and some are not. Some gifts are for the day and some are not. You know, people have asked me, you know, what's Calvary Chapel's position on the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And I'll tell you something. Calvary Chapel, we're, we're kind of an enigma. We're kind of an enigma in the church because, you know, some people say that we are too Pentecostal to be Baptist. And some people say that we're too Baptist to be Pentecostal. Are you traveling with me? And Baptist folks say, well, you know, those Calvary Chapel people, they're lifting up hands and carrying on. Pastor Rodney up there singing the worship team, all that loud praise music. Music. You know, and they're just too charismatic, those people. And then the Baptists and then the Pentecostal people, well, they say that Calvary Chapel, you know, we're too Baptist, that we're a dead church. The services are dead. You know, ain't no shouting going on up in there. There ain't no choir. They say choir. I say choir. There's no choir. Where's the choir? They don't have a big chair. Where's the big chair? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Where are my people at? Where the big chair? Pastor Ron, where's the big chair? What's up? So, you know, we're kind of an enigma. You know, uh, one guy, you know, told me, he said, um, I'm talking about a dead church. He was trying to explain to me that, you know, he was a worship leader and that, you know, in a very nice way, I think in a very nice way, he was trying to tell me that our worship was a little dead, he was telling me. And he said to me, he says, you know, I'm a worship leader, and I just want you to know. He said, I, he said, I will, um, I'm a worship leader. God has anointed me. He said, and I will take you to a place in worship that you have never been before. He said, I went, I'm not so sure I want to go there. <laughs> I said, man, what are you talking about? I'm from Philly. We don't go places we've never been before. We send somebody to go find out what's going on, come back and tell us. You're going to take me to a place I've never been before. I don't want to go. Because he felt that, you know, we were a dead church, you know. People have said, you know, where is Calvary Chapel? I call ourselves, what I, what I call Calvary Chapel, I call us Bapticostals. You ought to write that down. We're Bapticostals. Because we believe in the moving of the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen. And we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that we are dependent on the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? And without him, we can do nothing. We believe the gifts should be operating in the church today, but we don't worship the gifts. We worship the gift giver. We worship the gift giver. I think one word summarizes Calvary Chapel, Kerry. What's that, Pastor? Balance. Balance. Somebody once said, all word and no spirit and you'll dry up. All spirit and no word and you'll blow up. We need a balance of both and you'll grow up. We need a balance of both. We need a balance of the Spirit of God and we need the Holy Spirit to move and operate in the church and in our daily lives. And in our text, look at it. Jesus said, I will pray the Father. Are you looking at him? Pardon me. I will pray the Father, verse 16. 
and he'll give you another helper. In the Greek language, listen, there are two Greek words for another. Saints, you, this is Christianity 101. You've got to know this. There are two Greek words for another. One is heteros, H-E-T-E-R-O-S, heteros, which means another of a different kind, heteros. And the other is alos, A-L-L-O-S, which means another of the same kind, class, and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality, heteros, another of a different kind. Alos, another of the same kind. For example, if I were out, if I wear out my Bible and I need another one, I would order another new King James Nelson Publisher leather burgundy colored Bible. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.